if you don't understand the differences in the cultural context, it's actually you can expose yourself to greater harm without realizing it. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica Kumar. In 2006, I first came to India for work and basically never looked back. My journey took me through learning Hindi, living in multiple parts of India, The Invisible India podcast isn't just a place where I share about being married to an Indian, being a foreigner in India, the language learning process, and cross-cultural parenting, but it is a platform to highlight the lesser-known aspects of Indian culture by featuring stereotype-breaking Indians making waves in society. So headphone Greetings and namaste sablog. Kya hal chal hai? We are doing the second part of my conversation with Jessel Barik today, half of the duo of the Yoga is Dead podcast. If you didn't hear the first part, go back and take a listen. That's kind of an introductory of what we're building on with the second half of this conversation. The, the question, is yoga really dead? And if so, who killed it? Fascinating conversation full of lots of uh, historical and sociological ideas that may be a little controversial for you. It's a very provocative, thought-inducing conversation. This is also on YouTube if you want to check out just a short, less than 10-minute conversation of Jessel and I speaking with one another. It's on our YouTube channel, of course. Of course, we are approaching the end of 2021. And I don't know if you noticed, but one of my goals for 2021 was to exclusively feature South Asian background guests on my show. I'm not sure if you noticed or not, but that's what I did this year. While while people's stories like Carl Rock and Aparna Mulberry are very fascinating and really important to kind of get an idea, get from a different perspective of India and what foreigners' uh, lives are like in India, still, I wanted to approach 2021 with a different idea of people who are just from a South Asian background. And so I don't know if you noticed, but it's now November and that's what we did. I really wanted to provide different perspectives, people from all over the place. We had people, of course, from India, people who grew up in various parts of the world from Indian background. We had Kevin Wilson, who's Sri Lankan background, grew up in Oman, the Middle East. We, of course, had um, my friend Jacob, who is Tibetan, Nepali, but grew up in the United States as an adoptee. So many incredible stories, and I am humbled and grateful that I was able to bring many of these stories to you this year. If you appreciate the show and you feel like you get something out of this, you know, I don't really make a lot of money off of this show, and that's not why I do it, of course. It's really to connect with people, to discover interesting conversations, and to be able to share the stories of cross-cultural India and, and what that looks like from my point of view. If you appreciate that aspect of the show, if you learn something, if you gain something, if you would consider supporting us on Patreon, it would be amazing. I have several different uh, tiers set up there. The lowest amount is $3 a month and the highest is $15 a month. Uh, We've had a couple of people join up in the last month or so, and it's been very encouraging to me. If you join on Patreon, you do get access to special content to personalized recommendations from me. 
if you have like uh, any specific questions about anything, um, I oftentimes will send a, a list of recommendations or like customized advice and questions of my Patreon subscribers. Of course, you get access to special content, things like that as well. Go ahead and check out patreon.com slash invisible India. This is something that we're putting out into the world for free. So appreciate people who encourage and support us through the Patreon. Of course, Giving Tuesday is also coming up, the U.S. at least, the uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And if you would consider giving through the Patreon campaign on Giving Tuesday, I'd certainly appreciate your support. All right, let's jump to part two with Jason Buddy. There's this kind of sense of, you know, in the, in the, in the West, we live in an innocence guilt culture where it's right or it's wrong. Or uh, if you feel bad, you know, about it, then you feel guilty, then uh, you need to apologize and there needs to be forgiveness. And then in Mm -hmm. cultures like India, which are generally more like honor and shame based, it's kind of these ideas where everything you do is bringing honor to your family in your society or it's bringing shame. And in the West, we don't like that, right? We don't like the shame word. Every, everything with shame is bad. And But in a sense here, that's kind of how you emote. And I don't want to say that's how you control people, but that's how the society works. You, you know, you don't feel yeah. bad about that. Like uh, somebody just rips someone off really bad in front of uh, a bunch of other people and you know, you don't, you don't have any shame about that. Like, yeah. uh, and I think, uh, it's just, it's just a different way of, of living and being and neither one is superior or inferior. It's just so different from right. each other and navigating those. Um, and I think that some of that comes also in the sense where in the ways that we, that we practice or understand yoga in the way we understand, um, spirituality, the way that we can become overly individualistic and kind of forget the kind of communal collective aspects of what it is actually like to have a lifestyle of all the things that yoga stands for. Yeah. And one of the things that I've been saying now for a little while is like, if you don't understand the differences in the cultural context, it's actually, you can expose yourself to greater harm without realizing it. And so what I what I would say is like, for example, you know, in the yoga space, both in the West and in India and globally, there are always charlatans in any spiritual space, right? It's just vulnerable people are speaking, are usually seeking spirituality, whether Mm -hmm. it's formal religion or something else. And so there's always an opportunity to take advantage. But if you're not aware, if you're going to another country to study a philosophy and a, and a, a spiritual practice and you're not aware of the cultural context you don't you can't pick up on clues necessarily that can mm. give away that potentially this is a harmful person mm-hmm. or this is a, not a good situation or there's some red flags here that i should be aware of oh. right so yes. like i think if that's really it's really important to know those contexts so that we can educate ourselves inform ourselves and keep ourselves safe and recognize when things seem off because if we're not aware we're mm. not going to know Man, that's a great, oh, you see so many naive souls <laughs> arriving. I used to live in Haridwar, uh, which is, you know, kind of the, yeah. the, the, the train, the last train stop before Rishikesh. And so you see a mm-hmm. lot of 
seeking souls <laughs> passing through. And oh man, it, it just, it just, it almost breaks your heart in a sense to see people that are longing for something uh, so deeply. And then you know that they're probably going to get taken advantage of because of the way they're just throwing themselves out there. And mm-hmm. I would just see it happen so many times. I even remember meeting one woman, this is burned in my memory. I was uh, on my, I used to work for a small IT company in in that area. And I was going to work and this woman um, was just wandering around the street. And this is kind of a residential area. There are hardly any foreigners here. And, you know, she, from what she was wearing, it was kind of, you know, what locals would understand to be very suggestive clothing. You know, she's just doing her. She's just came from Spain. She's just doing her. It's hot. I understood where she was coming from. I think she was probably high and was kind of just stumbling around and going, where's the nearest ATM? Uh, I'll mm-hmm. help you. Let, let me show you where the ATM is. Don't just ask them where the ATM is. Go take your money out. And then what do you yeah. think is going to happen after that? You know, like yeah. I just, right. uh, and you see this over and over again. And I think that's such a key point of have, being able to navigate and kind of go in with eyes wide open and say, there, this is a different culture. This is a different worldview. How can I take it for all that it is? And, 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 you know, you don't want people to get disillusioned either because India isn't all, you know, chanting and mala beads and dia and agarbati and, uh, you know, yeah, fresh kichri I and ladus. Uh, even add, like, to the, <laughs> the converse of that, right? Like, I sometimes mm. get messages from folks in India who are like, oh, I want to come teach you yoga mm. in the U.S. And I'm like, that's a wonderful dream. And I hope that you're mm. very aware of like mm-hmm. what the culture is like here, because it's going to be a culture shock to think that you can come here and not experience racism. Because that's the thing that I think folks that, who grew up, like there's a privilege in growing up with folks mm-hmm. that look like you, right? And that like you don't necessarily have to experience the same kinds yeah. of discrimination. Your worldview is shaped by the fact that like, hey, um, I can just work hard and blah, 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 and do the things and like, you know, of course, why wouldn't I get accepted when the reality sure. is, yeah, right, when the reality is, like, you may even come from a very privileged place in your homeland, and you come and step foot here, and, like, a lot of it will not count, right? You will right. be treated just as horribly as everybody else who yes. is seen as ethnic or non-white. So, um, yeah, I think there is, like, a like in both instances, like wherever you're going, or if you mm. seek to become more westernized, you should really understand the cul- the pitfalls of all the, cult- you know, whatever culture you're seeking to, uh, to be a part of, or to grow closer yes. to, you should understand the pitfalls of all of them. Because yes. there is no perfect utopia. It doesn't, I wish it existed, it does not. How do we not walk around with rose colored glasses and see actually reality for what it is. There's good and there's bad in everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we, this is part, this is like essentially what the podcast is like founded on, like bringing it full circle. Like yes. there, yes, we can talk about the yoga industry as being like, it's helped me. It saved my life. Yeah. And that is, that can all be true. Your experience can be true. Mm-hmm. And there's also real harm being done and mm-hmm. it's not being talked about or exposed in a way that mm-hmm. needs to be exposed so that we can all do better. Right. And we, Dejo and I don't say that we have all the answers. We try to offer what we can because mm-hmm. we're practitioners and we're navigating it as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. But we were just like, oh man, all these things have happened to us. I think we need to talk about it. Like somebody needs to talk about it, yes. you know? Yeah. Our mission was to like bark critical conversation. Yes. 
and that that's what hopefully that's what we've done you know is to start these critical conversations certainly yes as a white person in india i'm confronted with a lot of different and conflicting perspectives about what my place is here what it should be here and ultimately i think the people that live here and are kind of are surrounding me are the are the best people to inform and and indirectly coach me on that uh but I want to ask you a little bit about what you think is, if you could kind of give us a definition between cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation. My my motivation for asking that is that uh, a lot of people uh, come to my page or podcast or whatever and ask me, oh, how did you adjust to Indian culture? How did you do this? How did you do that? I often ask myself a question when I see someone that that's that's, you know, wearing a sari and bindi and like dancing and making a TikTok, you know, sometimes I feel very icky about that. But then I have to question, how do people perceive me? Because I'm wearing a sari and a bindi and I'm going to the office because that's what everyone else around me is doing. And and I do see there's a difference, but I'm just curious, like what you would say, could you kind of venture to give a definition between cultural appropriation and cultural I mean, I think it's a very nuanced topic with a lot, with a lot of context that always needs to be evaluated and you know before mm-hmm. that reason Dejo and I have developed a workshop and in the workshop we literally just give like a history context and then we give ideas mm-hmm. like a place to like bounce ideas off of each other but I would say if we're if we have to reduce it for like the sake <laughs> of like consumable media like a podcast right we I always say that it's like it comes down to giving versus taking right so if we are appreciating somebody in our life we're very likely to give to them maybe we give them a present maybe we give them time off maybe we give them um, a massage maybe we give them love maybe we make them food we're giving them something to show them appreciation like one of the things now coming to my mind as i say this is like you know if i go to the Mm. mandir and i'm giving I'm showing appreciation Mm -hmm. to a Bhagwan. I'm going to give an offering. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring like fruit or money or something, you know, like something along those lines. If I am Mm -hmm. appropriating, I am simply taking, I'm only taking, and I'm taking much more than maybe I'm giving. And so in appropriation, we, we often see this sentiment, right? Like, and this is not to shame anybody, by the way, this is like, just, you know, we recognize that this is a reality, which is yoga gave me so much. Mm -hmm. I, it helped me. And I want to, help Mm. others. And so you want to teach yoga, but then essentially what has happened, and this is no, no Mm -hmm. fault of anybody's, but we, again, we live in a capitalist society. Mm -hmm. So we end up having to make a job out of it. And that job is giving to us. We are the ones taking the money. So essentially we Mm -hmm. become the ones that profit off of this thing that helped Mm -hmm. us so much. So who then are we giving to, right? Who are we really giving to if we're creating a capitalist business idea? out of this. So I think we have to reevaluate, like, how can we give? And it could be financially, but it can also be attention, love, um, upliftment, like whatever that in whatever that way that looks like, of course, as you mentioned, Jessica, we have to be careful of like not becoming the savior, <laughs> but wanting to do it from a genuine place of, you know, um, of wanting mm-hmm. to amplify people who are doing the work and who are we yeah. ourselves are learning from. And that means having to learn from a diverse group of people. So like for us, like, again, I've sought out so many teachers of whom I don't agree all. I should just name this because I think this is a sure. thing of the common era. I don't have to agree politically with everybody, mm-hmm. right? To be like, oh, you're a Sanskrit teacher and you have a lot to offer. And like, yes. you're willing to teach me. 
okay, well, whatever sure. your politics, I can at least mm-hmm. take that and make what I want of, of mm-hmm. that learning, right? So, um, but I can pay indigenous teachers mm-hmm. as opposed to just paying the white folks who are already getting the recognition and who are already going to, by definition, have an easier path. Even if they work really hard, it's not t- trying to take away from the fact that folks work hard to get where they are, but the way our world works is that those people are going to rise just by pure fact of them being white and others who work just as hard and are just as talented are not going to rise Mm -hmm. and not be given as many opportunities. So how can we ourselves as individuals start Mm -hmm. to equalize that? Where can we give, Mm -hmm. give our time, energy, and money to change that? So I know that's not very simple when it comes to the sorry TikTok thing, because, but again, context matters. You are doing it to you you are doing it to fit in and you could actually think of it as give others around you a sense of ease versus doing it on TikTok is probably yeah. taking it is taking sure. um you know it's doing it for your own egotistical reasons which is like getting likes and maybe being able to monetize that down the line sure. so it's like a it's like a egotistical take versus like a egotistical let me give this to the people around me to make them feel comfortable sure, sure. Mm-hmm. I think here also there's just a lot about being that it is a uh, patriarchal society is giving honor to my husband because of the way that I look or the way I present myself or my in-laws or the way uh, or honoring just the people around me by showing up to a presentation or showing showing up wearing the right thing, right? It could be inappropriate for me to show up to a friend's birthday party that I know they're all going to be wearing Western and I show up yeah. in Saudi, right? That's like, you know, you kind of have to think about, am I drawing attention to myself by, or am I just tr- trying to um, honor the people around me by being an appropriate right. part of the group? And that, and that takes some, some sensitivity. I have made plenty of mistakes uh, thinking that I would, I was honoring the culture and I just totally screwed up. I had did the completely wrong thing, wore the wrong thing, said the wrong thing. Did, time. And that's just yeah. bound to happen whenever you're learning a new culture or anything like that. I think that's the, some of the things I talk about on my podcast or some of the, the dumb things that I did and how uh, others can prevent from I mean, what you're state. trying to say too is like, again, coming down to the taking uh, versus giving mentality, right? Like yeah. you, if you are wearing the wrong thing, you, potentially what you're doing is taking attention away from the people who the attention needs to be on, right? Like, and I think a simple example of that is like a wedding. If you show up to a, uh, like a Western wedding wearing white, right? We all know that's ra- it's taboo because you're going to be <laughs> taking the attention away yeah. from the bride potentially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But of course, maybe it's the type of wedding where the bride is wearing black or something else, you know, and who knows, then sure. the context matters. Yeah, this is one thing that I I shared about in um, one of my episodes also, uh, episode 23. It was on volunteerism. I I think this is a really important skill that we as as Americans and especially white people need to learn if if we're going to be engaging cross-culturally is declining an offer. If someone has offered you something or said, oh, you know, we want you to be the guest of honor for this program or... uh, I mean, I can think of so many circumstances. I was at a dashera, uh, like a, a garba type of thing, mm-hmm. and I was just doing what everyone else was doing in there. And I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't do anything outstanding. I was mostly chasing after my kids and 
the whole night. And then there was a prize at the end of the night. Well, guess who got the freaking prize? <laughs> right. And, and like, you have to know how actually I am no more special than any other person in this room. In fact, that lady has a better outfit. That lady put a lot more effort into her dancing. This, 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 this. And learning how to say, to like respectfully decline and say, you know, thank you so much, you know, but what about her? Or yeah. you know, people ask me this in Hindi, with Hindi all the time, you know, can you teach me Hindi? Like, well, let's back up. Like, why would you want to learn from me? Someone who has learned from native speakers, just learn from the native speaker. Just yeah. go to the direct source because first of all, you're going to miss a lot of things through me. And secondly, give that person the honor. They're the one who's, who's the, really the guru here. The one who knows what they're talking about. Go directly to them. And we really need to learn yeah. that as white people. I'm, you know, obviously made a lot of mistakes in this area, but we need to learn to defer and to, to decline sometimes where sometimes we're like, oh, I'm getting the attention. I worked hard. Spotlight's on me. But this is where I think understanding privilege is super helpful because it is, you're talking about white privilege, but we all have privilege mm -hmm. in some way. And so like when people ask us to do things, we often have, we, ha we have a choice. We can do nothing. We can say, okay, great. I'll take the opportunity. We can um, decline, like you say, decline and maybe suggest other folks who don't have the same privilege as we do, right? Or we can say, I'll do it if, I'll do it if, like mm -hmm. who else have mm -hmm. you included on this already? And like, oh, okay, I see that, you know, all your panelists for this, whatever, mm -hmm. look like a certain way. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about including, you know, somebody from this mm -hmm. group that isn't being represented? Right. And I'll do it if I'm sure. in, but only if there's mm -hmm. more diversity here. Or like, we've had, um, we've had, you know, opportunities come to us where people didn't want to mm -hmm. pay, you know, nonprofits, you know, essentially say like, we're having this event, we don't want to pay you. And you know, the way we've handled it, ha handled it has been evolved over time. Like I, and I'll speak to my own experience because it happened individually too, but um, the responses I've gotten have varied. So for example, like I've had to explain to several different organizations that like, yes, you want me to do this unpaid. That means that by not paying, you are only asking the most privileged, mm -hmm. only the most privileged yeah. folks can do this. Right. So the folks that who actually should be on this, will not be represented because they cannot yeah. take offers mm -hmm. for free. They can't be going around yeah. spending their time working for free. Some organizations have done the work and found the funds and some organizations have decided that they want to continue to only um, give opportunities to the most privileged. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. That's a really key piece of not only deflecting, but also saying that, you know, who else, who else needs to be included? And, and no matter where we are, we, we need to um, investigate our different privileges, whether we're a foreigner in a different country or whether you, we, we all have, we all have something. And I think that's a really key offering. Um, just so I want to give you the chance to talk to about what you guys are doing. And I'm also dying to hear what you guys are working on. Uh, so nowadays. with the podcast, we are offering a workshop. Our workshop is called Act Against Appropriation. And so right now we have an on-demand version of it that you can go to our shop and purchase now. And you can like watch a previous one that we've done and um, learn in that way. And then hopefully we plan to offer a few of like the live versions of that this year. We are very deep into writing <laughs> our season two and kind of figuring out that whole production process as we have, you know, a lot of things have changed during the pandemic for us. So that's what we're doing with the podcast right now 
now. And oh, actually, I should also add that we are we have a little bit of team now, which is amazing. And on our team, we are working collectively to create some amazing content for our newsletters. Like we did a whole month on the women of yoga. So we called it like our matriarch mm-hmm. series and it talked matriarchs right, of yoga. And our, uh-huh. we talked about historical women that have like really shaped and influenced yoga today who never get the credit. So, uh, and we're going to yes. turn that into an ebook. And we're also, we've talked about pride awesome. and a PETA month and all these great things. So um, definitely like our newsletters are amazing right now and I would sign up. But the on my end, um, I do movement science work within the yoga industry. So I give uh, that workshop within teacher trainings regularly. I'm working on creating a course, a couple of courses actually behind the scenes with that stuff. Um, yeah, and wow. so and so yeah, that's what I'm doing. And but you can yeah. come over to my page at Yoga Walla Two L's and um, follow me there and see all the cool things that I'm up to this year. Great. Where can people so find at you? Yoga Walla on Instagram or at Yoga is Dead podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram are sort of the best two ways to find us. Great. And what's your website URL? It's Yoga is Dead Great. Cool. Well, yeah, I have really enjoyed talking to you. It's been uh, something I've been looking forward to for a <laughs> while and uh, thrilled to have this conversation. So again, thanks so much. Um, Everyone who's listening, please go ahead and check out Yoga is Dead podcast, their Instagram. Check out the the workshops that are coming up. I am going to subscribe to the newsletter as soon as we get off this call because I haven't done that yet. And now I know what is coming and I need to do that right now. So (laughs) thanks again, Jess, so much for your time. Thank you, Jessica. uh, Thank you so much.